say, well, I want money, I want a mansion, I want this, that. Everybody wants everything that they don't have. Except maybe millionaires and billionaires have everything, and they still want more. I'm going to go into that, because I think that's the most ludicrous, ludicrous thing happening to the planet right now. And mankind does not see it. And I'll repeat it over and over what Jesus said about that. What he talked about it and explained it and said something a few times in the Bible, and I know he said it directly. Uh, now, I'm going to talk from direct experience, which means uh, I either physically experience it or phys physically experience it in my soul body. One way or another, it's who I am truly, and that's only accountable to one thing, which is not the president, not the government, not another country's government, not another person. That is called God. If you don't know God in any way, you can't step into that position. You would have to understand something about what it knows. And the only thing you know is what people said that they said from the Bible. Go through history. When they talk about gods, with a plural, they mean little gods. And that's the way I describe it. The little gods are also known as deities. More so over the past 50 years, 25 years, as aliens. But they're not gods. And even if they tell you they're a god, does that make them a god? Does God have to tell anybody that it's God? No, it doesn't. Why? Because it's in its... Every part of reality is it's a small part of it. So are we connected to that small part? Yes, at some level. But to vibrate within it, if I took a drop of blood out of your body, that's part of you but if it's in a test tube it's not part of you is it can it clone something about you well with technology and everything the physical aspect of it can be created the spiritual side the true side cannot if mankind could create soul God's world would be destroyed rather fast and as as lucky or unlucky people think they are, God will always be billions and trillions of steps ahead of all people combined. So if you took Einstein, Tesla, and every other person, put them all together, like Washington, uh, Lincoln, I mean, they had visions, they all talked about things, put, them, put all these brains together. You think it's going to touch anything? They can't even get off of the reality of the physical world. Dimensions are still delusional to the way people talk about them and what the government thinks they're going to find within them. The astral plane is nothing to find. It's there. You know, <laughs> people say, well, we can find this and we can find that. Well, you know, it's just like the British... Uh, well, or Spanish even. When Christopher Columbus got on a boat, I don't want to get into the real story, but the idea that he discovered America. If I if I take a walk around my block and go around the next block over, and say, wow, I discovered houses and people. I discovered them. No, so they were always there. 
uh, just that I managed to see him. So is that a discovery? Of course not. But to wipe him out is sick to put your reality there and then recreate the reality. Well, yeah, I, I, we can talk about that one day. Somebody said he did kill a lot of people. Yes, he did. They were responsible. Now, realize this. When, when you're programmed, which Spanish are, Christians are, the British were, uh, about religion and things and people. Well, and I'm going to say this, and, I, and, and you're, you're going to say I'm a racist, I'm this, that, and the other thing. Well, I'm part of two different tribes. But uh, the white people are the mass killers all through history. Go back as far as you want. How is that? Now, the red-skinned people, native people, were alive and well. They didn't have to be discovered. Uh, they did come from different places to the United States. Most tribes. One tribe was here. They all ha- every everything we talk about, or I will talk about, has has or had its viewpoint on what God was or is. Native Native people thinking of God, what God is, is a little different than uh, a Christian or a Buddhist. Buddhists have a totally different viewpoint on what God is or isn't. So, it does affect your reality if you accept a religion or a path. That path already comes with the book of laws and rules. Not saying that this is the law, but this is what you're supposed to believe. This is what is real. They're going to tell you what things are and aren't. They're not leaving it up to you to find them. Uh, I was in a path called Lacken Car. They do allow you to go inside the inner worlds and find things. But they tell you how it's set up and what, 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 all along the way. Uh, And it's wrong. And sure, I'm getting the courage to debate with one of my best friends in it that's still in it. Uh, For the fact that when people talk about the higher realms and all these people think they dwell within it, have no clue. Because it doesn't relate to the only word they can relate to. And that word is love. Now, and and I'm going to tell you why I came back in this lifetime. Before I do that, I'm going to give you a little teeny history of my life. Just so you kind of can understand where I'm coming from and where I'm going. Alright. Now, sure, I was born, like most people are, but I was Caesarean. I mean, I was cut out of the womb <laughs> uh, because uh, I couldn't get out any other way. I was a big baby when I was born. I was 12.6 pounds. Uh, but outside of that, I was in a family, like everybody else is, most everybody, who was, to me, a very violent family. Broken. Uh, even though the families, around the families, were connected in some ways, and sure, I was close to my cousin's aunt. I don't want to go into real detail, but what I'm going to say is, I was abused a lot, a lot of different ways. So I had a search within myself to find something that could give me satisfaction to live. I wanted to die when I was little. So, almost of a sudden, a being came to me, 
I didn't know who it was for many years. And I worked with that being for almost five years. I'm talking about like almost every night. Uh, so that's not a, a, a normal gift that most people get and that are totally aware of it. Then, in the same time, I see my first alien ship coming to abduct my brother. And then at 12, I see my first alien. So all that put me in a different space at the same time being around abusive father, abusive friends, people, and everything else. So yeah, if you go to a psychiatrist, you can't mention aliens or things like that anyway. And they will say, oh, it's your, it's your memories because you were abused. No, they're all, every action, everything that happened in my life is in detail, not memories. I mean, I can tell you the sound, the smell, the things, and what they were doing. All those things are there. So I'm not making things up. There's no reason for me to. I wouldn't want to. I mean, what, would, what could I say that would be a lie? Uh, anything or everything? People can believe what they want as I'm telling the story. And to make it shorter, I became a witch at 16, 14. I, became a, I got baptized as a Protestant at 14, and I realized I didn't want to be in that religion no more. And then I became a witch for years, understanding, and I went through them, the psychic abilities. And they are all real. And I will tell you this. Many people say they have them and they could use them. You cannot. If you do, you're responsible. And there's so much karma with magic. You know, even when you think you're doing white magic, which I just consider myself white, white magician, white uh, high priest, the whole thing. But if you say, oh, I'm going to make it rain here or snow over there, the condition of what, I mean, if there was a, a, an orange plantation and you made it snow over that, it would kill the plantation. So your idea of what's good and bad is individualized to the to consciousness that a person's at. Now, without a connection to God, it all comes from mind, which is ego, together. Now, and that's all based on every single thing you were told since you were born. And you hear things when you're born, and it goes into the mind as well. Uh, so, because soul receives energy in a totally different way than the mind does. So, as we go through this unfoldment, children being programmed, and as they get 12, 13, sex is being pushed on them in a lot of different ways. Uh, mankind created the reality of religion, spiritualism, to mean something so far from what it is. And Jesus didn't come here to teach a religion. Buddha came here to teach his thinking. It wasn't a religion. Uh, his way. If I tell you some stupid story and say it's my way and you follow it, it could be your religion in your mind, but it's not my religion. I don't have a religion. I don't say I'm, I'm a religionist. Uh, I say I'm a realist live by the facts, the truth, and, and what spirit shows me and guides me through. So, uh, when people talk about gods in a religion, it's a book written somewhere telling that person what, it, what it's supposed to be. All religions. Now, the New Age world separated from that because New Age people create a movement by themselves. And they create their image of what's going to be the fountainhead of their movement like the Galactic Confederation. 
a certain race of beings in a, in a ship, then Ashtar command that he's going to be the controlling force of this religion organization. Uh, but it's a control, and then it's written down somewhere. And then that program becomes a part of what they call the religion. So religions aren't real. They're stagnant. And I mean, I, I'm not, I don't like to use that word, but the concept of man-made religions now are stagnant. So is being spiritual. Because you can't do everything without one thing. And that one thing is what creates all things. So obviously I'm saying God. So, if you say you're God, which is delusional, or you're one with God, no, no man, no woman will ever be one with God. What would that entail? If you were, you could destroy the planet tomorrow. If I was God, I would. But I'm not God. Do I understand God? Yes. Do I understand why he created planet Earth? Yes. But look at the abuse that the world goes through on a daily basis. Because it allows them to have that freedom to grow. Now, you want to create a perfect society, you put perfect people on the ground. You don't put idiots. If you want a perfect race, I mean, you control the things. Oh, then they're not free. But what is freedom? Nobody understands that word. And when you talk about God, people don't think they can be free if there's a God. And that's where the New Age movement comes in. Well, I'm one with this energy. It's an energy now. It's not a thinking energy. It's just a mass energy that holds our all our consciousness. Well, you could take all our consciousness, take 7.4 billion consciousness, and squeeze them together. What do they know about anything? Anything important? Please tell me. We'll talk about Einstein and Tesla, but put all those beings together in the consciousness. And what does that consciousness know? Consciousness know. Very little about nothing. So, to say you're one with something is like saying I'm one with Superman or I'm one with Wonder Woman, whatever. Does it help? No. Does it boost your ego? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all about ego then. So the idea of gods are critical, but it's being critically taken away from society. Why do you think all government buildings and, and schools and systems are removing every aspect of it? Because they don't want people to know any bit of the truth. And, you know, I, I don't know how to talk about a religion without saying it and, and, and attacking specific things about it. But, without God, there is nothing. A sick, delusional consciousness that creates garbage. Is that what everything's about? Why live to, and come back or anything about it? Why? Why suffer within it? if it's still just that sick, perverted, twisted illusion. That's getting back to the word dream. Well, let's just dream it perfect. Well, we're going to go into a perfect society. I mean, we're going to talk about it. We're not going to move into it uh, in a second. But when we're talking about God, what does it, what does the word, how does it vibrate within you? What do you feel? Oh, he was watching over me. He is watching over you? Is that what it means? What you feel? Or he's protecting us? Who's us? Christians? Uh, let's go a little bit further back. The Mayans, the Aztecs, the Egyptians. What did they accomplish? 
please, pyramids aren't an accomplishment. It's a building. Oh, they're spiritual. Really? Aliens were spiritual. They went into pyramids and they left. And why would they come back? Now, if your house was infested with rats, would you go inside your house to try to teach the rats anything? What would you, what would you teach them? If you could teach a rat something, what would you say? Be friendly, be nice, don't eat my food. What would you teach them? In a world of twisted thinking, what do you feel you could teach them that would make them better? Not to hurt each other. Well, you know, hurt comes from love. And I'll tell you, I mean, I've been through it many times over. And I went from one, one extreme to the maximum extreme on the opposite side. From complete love to complete hate. From peace to murder. I mean, both of those aspects were always within it. So, when you talk about that, how can you go out and say, well, okay, uh, this is a loving world, we'll make it a loving world. What's that mean? If you're in love with somebody, which is how a relationship works, and suddenly, that person doesn't love you anymore. Clearly, blue sky, everything's perfect, you're making a cake, it's your anniversary, and your partner walks in the door and says, I'm leaving you. What do you think? How do you feel? The same way you feel about God? Well, you didn't help me, you didn't protect me, you didn't watch me, and you're leaving me. Uh, it's very close. Because your only highest truth is love. In, in the reality that you're programmed to be in. So, now let's go further than that. Okay, you went into this relationship. You're, you're in love with your partner. And they come back and say, they're leaving you. What do you do? Say, happy days, happy trails, goodbye. And if she leaves, you're go she's gone or he's gone. What's going on inside your heart? What's going on inside your mind? Hate, anger, frustration. Now, what makes it worse? Oh, I got a new boyfriend. Instant anger for men and women too. Anger to the word that they created called love. So love, if you didn't have to deal with love, you wouldn't be dealing with much anger. Alright, now, the second part of anger is ego. And ego, due to programming, and, and this wasn't, it wasn't true in Atlantis. It was so different. But after certain races came here and started telling us about how important ego is, it became important. But, you know, even with that kind of help, How far did we move? Or what helps a person? What moves in that person? Ego stops us from growing. Even though we think we are. Make more money. Do this, do that, do that. And it makes you a better person. Does not make you more connected to God? Without that, you'll never understand any aspect of a true love, what it really means. And then, back in the situation, if your partner leaves you, what are you going to do? Get even. And don't say no. Most people will in some way, somehow. I mean, some people say goodbye, and then they just live crying in bed the rest of their life. I mean, there's a lot of ways that people deal with it. But in reality, you opened a gateway for that to happen. Stepping in a relationship. Not understanding the other person before you got involved. And here's the other thing. With all these things that they're showing and pushing on people about relationships, dating, and everything else, and marriage, 
they don't tell you. And this is what I say. Any relationship to work, young and old, two old people, two young people, however you want to look at it, two males, two females, however, for it to work, the person on each side has to be 100% into it. Meaning, whatever happens, 100% to keep it there. To make it work. To do the things the right way. That means without killing each other. Without leaving each other. Without all those things. Now, understanding the situation. Now, here's the thing. If you're in a 100% relationship, your partner will not go out to a bar, get drunk, and have sex with somebody else. That's all excuses for somebody that's not in a true relationship. Secret dating, secret lovers, and all those things. They're not happy. And that should have been worked out when you meet a person. You can't do it in one day. You need to talk about life and things and and every feeling and emotion, things that upset you, things that make you happy, things that you're going to agree on, things that could stop you from agreeing on it. Now, which people don't want to deal with is that if there's too many things that they don't agree with, they can stick them under the rug. That can't happen. And it will only destroy the relationship in the future. God's not going to step down and say, oh, I'm going to heal this. It can't. It's your reality you're creating. That's your part of being closest to God as you're ever going to get. How you set up, how you do, what you do, where you do it, and all those kind of things. So, when you take that step, and you say, well, I'm creating a relationship. They say, don't talk about religion. Well, you better talk about religion. Don't talk about government. You better talk about the government. I mean, if President Trump gets in and you say that F or this or and call him a name. You can't call him. He's the greatest person. A fight? Why? Because you already didn't agree on that and you knew you could, you wouldn't, and you should never sweep it under the rug. You can't be with somebody unless you're willing to commit. A hundred percent. And that means accepting that no matter what. I mean, you don't have to smile uh, if something weird's happening or something. But you're not going to go crazy. And you're not going to let it tear you apart. And it's not going to make you leave the situation. Too many people see a door. And it's easier to go through the door than try to fix what's going on inside the door. So, do these people want to sit down and talk about God? Well, I'm I'm an atheist. Well, I'm a Christian. That's a big, big splint in what people believe. I'm living with a Buddhist. It's hard. The beliefs are different. My truth is not her truth. Her truth is not mine. But I give to her 100% period no matter what. I don't challenge anything. I mean, it took me a while to get to that point, to let go and say, okay, it's 100%. It's going to be no matter how bad or good it gets. And once it become adopted, I'll be with her until I die. Or she dies. Period. Now, we, we have to work it so that we understand love at a higher level. And when you start doing that, it helps you open up to understanding what a God really is. Not what you want it to be. God's not a program. Like Galactic Confederation, Ashtar Command, something like that. God is what it is, but it is real to itself. It's real to us if we understand it. 
it's not real to us if we don't understand it. Because then it's a picture on a piece of paper or it's a bunch of words on a piece of paper. I mean, every word that you hear describe God is not even close and not even right. Go to a priest, a minister, a rabbi, a monk, anybody in that vein, ask them what God is. And you're going to get a bunch of stupid, idiotic answers. What most people accept as reality. God's loving. What's loving mean? God grants us freedom. To do what? Uh, we have the freedom. And freedom means to an average soul, which man doesn't perceive or understand, the right to move forward spiritually. If it wants to. You're not going to be forced to. It's that simple. You can stay in hell, play, beat up, do whatever you want, and keep doing it for infinity. But God needs that little box there that you can check in and say, well, I'm going to move forward and start working at it. And then you start. And then you start understanding karma, soul, out of body, and all those things, death and everything else along the way. But as long as you're happy within that box that says love and God is love and loves all of us and we are all loving beings, we are. No, we're not. Imagine if we weren't loving beings, all of us. The world would be different. Uh, most people wouldn't be able to live with that even, even though they say they could and they'd want to. Because imagine there's no bad guys. There's nobody beating somebody up. Nobody hitting somebody. Boxing, football, baseball were all useless sports. Imagine that. What would we do? Go skiing without looking for money to go skiing? Go swimming without getting paid to go swimming? Imagine doing things without getting money to do it. Uh, everything that's a sport has to relate to money now. I mean, instead of relating to spirit, to soul, to love, true love, not man-made love, the world could be different. But as long as man holds on to the concepts which the mind is programmed with, it will never perceive any aspect of what love really is. The same as a relationship. What, 98% of relationships are suffering all the time? Oh, the millionaires aren't? You don't think so? Because they have the money to squash and hide everything? They don't like their body, they change it. They don't like this, they change it. They do whatever they want. But they don't buy their way into heaven either, do they? And they can't. So, now, we got all these religions. Each one of them has their truth. How many of them have 50% of the truth? How many of them have 25% of the truth? How many of them even have 5% of the truth? Do you think any? Truly, do you believe a path has any truth to it? Uh, if you think so, please go into the chat room or call in. The number is 347-945-7207. Sorry, no, 727-207. Sorry. I got dyslexia and my numbers always go backwards. But uh, the percentage is ridiculous. 
So now, there's how many religions? Do you know how, do you have an idea how many religions there are? I'd say 10 years ago there was 2,000 religions. And they're popping up every day, here, there, and everywhere. I mean, most people didn't even know how many Native people, tribes, were inside the United States. So the numbers are, are right there in front of your face, and you still don't know them. So, in religions, how many of them do you think we need? A thousand? Fifty? Ten? Five? Well, the highest percentage of people follow two religions. And so they say Christianity is number one. It has 2.5 billion people. Big percentage of the planet. The Muslim religion has another big percentage of it as well. So, what about Buddhism? What about uh, New Age religions and all these? They're such a small number. So when people say, well, the UFO world, you know what percentage of the UFO world is? Such a small number. So these percentages are still controlled by the massive numbers. And the biggest problem to the world right now is going to be the Christians versus the Muslims. Prejudice or not, it's going to be a reality soon enough. To believe you can kill in the name of religion is the biggest slander on God itself. When a person thinks they're God, and I got into this, I know a lot of people are attacking Jane Fonders. And I don't, I don't get into the whole story, but she got involved with Vietnam and said it was a useless war. It was. And they attacked her. And then some people got killed in Vietnam because of that. And you know, and this is no lie, you can believe it or not, there's more people in prisons in Vietnam. I don't know about today, but as far as 1994, which was a while ago, there were still over 100 and something prisoners in Vietnam. And that's no lie. Provable. I'm not going to give you the details here or now, but it was provable. And the government didn't do anything about it. And the war has ended. So imagine, what, what do they follow? What do they believe in? What's, what's their principles? I used the word morals. When I was little, there was a book, magazine came out, like Life magazine. It was called Morals. And it went into aspects of morals and society and things, the way we look, the way we act. And it was a great book. I read it a lot. And I didn't read much when I was little. I didn't like to because it was like nothing important ever to read. But it explained and it showed pictures of, of, of things and stuff. But when anybody talks about God, try to listen. See how far they're going to take you. And where are they going to lead you? To love land. Now, the person that rode safe by the light uh, has his story, which I made, met, and I talked about that already. But the other one, conversation with God. Now, and here's the thing, like I said, if you want to know if something's true or not, put yourself in this spot. If you had a chance, and everybody do this right now, just close your eyes, relax, and say, God, and you're going to call it God, don't call it anything else. Don't call it Mr., Mr., Mr. Jesus or any other names. Just say God. I got a question. All right. Now, 
however you want to perceive your God. Don't see a little man standing there. But what are you going to ask it? What is that question? Think about it. What kind of question? Somebody put, <laughs> when the killing gets started, just run into the woods. Uh, the old saying, you can run, but you can't hide. This is hell. You just can't run out of it. And if you try to force your way out of it, you'll come back. <clears throat> so, again, that's not what I'm trying to get at. So, think about this question you're asking yourself. Nobody's listening. Close your eyes. Think about it. Okay, you're standing in front of God. Maybe you've got sunglasses on or a mask around your eyes so you don't see it. What are you going to ask it? Think about it. What would be that important that you would ask God? And I'm not asking, you can't ask for somebody else. You can't say, well, I want my son, my nephew, somebody else healed. Or, no. What would you ask it about yourself? Am I going to heaven? Uh, you have to ask the question. If you have to ask a question, you truly are in a sad space. You don't know. So, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what I could ask it. It's because you also don't know where you are as as a person either. Now, Doubting Thomas was given that name because he asked questions. Now, a smart person, intelligent person, being told something, asks questions. If I told you Superman's green, he has a purple outfit, and he's got a blue tongue, he's got lightning bolt eyes, and, and I gave you his description. Do you have to believe it? You can. But would you challenge it? So, when you ask this image of God that you perceive, whatever you can put in it, put in any detail you can about what you assume God would look like. And then say, okay, I do have a question. Why am I here? All right, you can ask anything you want, but no, you can ask that question. But ask, ask what, what would be the important question you would ask it? When am I going to die? I mean, what kind of questions would you want to go to God with? I mean, people go to God every day, all day long, and, and tell them this, that, and tell it, this, that, and the other thing. Why is that? I mean, is there even one question important enough to ask God? If you don't, then something's really wrong. I hope you're following this. It's really not that complicated. All right. Somebody said they don't have any questions to ask God. Well... You're 100% sure why you're here right now, right? Uh, you're 100% sure what you need to do before you can leave, right? You're 100% sure of where you're going to go. Yes, you need to work on it. Because we just fill in details with junk that the mind spits out. Not the truth. And the part of this whole talk is about truth, not lies. And you need to work to get to that truth. It's not just standing there on a piece of paper saying, read this, oh, now I know the truth. No. It's not going to be that simple, ever. Getting out of your body is the most important thing. Having control. Knowing how to get past the astral plane is the next biggest hard thing you're ever going to have to learn how to do. And going past those gods. Well, 
if you don't, you don't go anywhere. You stay in the astral plane. So, do you want to hear other people's stories? Is that going to be enough for you? Is that going to float your boat to make you live life and understand it? God's there for a reason, and it always was and has been. And we are here for a reason. So if you can put those together and answer it all, well, you're one step further than most people are. If you can't, you're standing exactly where everybody else is. All right. Someone else's story uh, rings true to them, and they want you to believe it, which is what speakers do, writers do, and all that. I just put it out there. I don't expect anybody to believe what I say. I don't care if they do. I can only put it out there. I can't put expectations on it. Do I want to make millions of dollars? No, that's not my dream. I mean, it's always great to have money. Uh, but then, money does corrupt. It always has. So, where do we go from here? Well, let's start somewhere. Truth. It's real. It means certain things. It means how how to live, how not to live, things that are important, things that aren't. But as long as we're around society that tells you this is important, schooling has nothing to do with spiritual growth. Why is that? What they tell you is the most important thing is really not the most important thing to you as a soul being. Sure, it'll help you get a job, live life in this planet, work and die. That's all it's going to give you. Go to a Catholic, church, a Catholic college, and my brother did. I mean, is that going to help? He was an atheist for the longest time. So unless you're willing to go beyond that little program piece of paper, book, whatever, or even a person talking. You're not going to get to it. Well, to make it fit in your life, I tell you, do a meditation, spiritual exercise, work on getting out of your body. Work on forcing that to happen. If you have been trying for years, something's wrong. Well, I can't say I know what your karma is. And if your karma is really bad, you're not going to be given the option to have an incredible experience. Why some people have so many and some people have none. There's a reason for everything. And it's not Joe Schmo making it up. And it's not the world consciousness because we don't know the reason for anything. So how can we make a reason for it to happen or not happen? So the delusionary idea, one consciousness, for what reason? And, and here's the way I look at it. I don't care if you look at it this way or not. If I was the, the body of consciousness that everything comes into, then take a stick of dynamite, stick it right in my mouth and light it. That would be it for, for that consciousness because it's so sick and perverted and twisted. I'm trying to get out of that. I don't want to stay within that because when you bring more sick consciousness, just like a disease... If you're sick and you're in the hospital, get exposed to a few more sicknesses. You're going to die a lot faster, that's for sure. So we allow this synthetic reality 
of man's idea of what it should be become ours. And then we allow the mind to tell us that it's right. We're doing the right thing. I don't think too many people are ever doing the right thing. I wish I could do the right thing 100% all day long, every day, all the time, and be aware and know it. But it's like even when you try to have a piece of cake or a piece of candy, well, that's wrong. Wrong for who? Wrong for the body? Wrong for soul? Jesus said, and I take him up on it, <laughs> seriously, it's not what you put in your body. It's what comes out. And that's in, in physical and, and, and psychically as well, both ways. So, where are we going with all this? To hope and pray? No. To work and create a true reality within yourself. Now, listen to those people. I'll say their names. I'd love to say their names because I would love to debate them. I would do anything in this world to debate Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, and the Pope and the Dalai Lama together. I'll let them all fight on one side because they're very close to each other. They all don't believe in God, sadly to say. The Pope talks about a man-made God and usually fills it with Jesus, but uh, he has no clue. What he says is ridiculous. If you understood God, you couldn't say stupid things to people. Now, I'm going to go into this real shortly. I'm a person, honest and sincere. I tell you the truth that I experience and know that is true. For all life, not just me. Now, I'm not the most loving person. I mean, if I'm in a relationship or with an animal or things like that, that's a different story. But I'm not here to entertain anybody. I'm not here to make people happy. And most people that speak and make money is their desire to make people happy. Happy living in hell are two extremes from each other. If you're happy here, you're sick. If you could be happy any given second, oh, I'm happy right now. Well, uh, how many children are dying right now? How many children are being raped, abused, killed, and, and all these other things? How many women are... Just go through the story. How many are being abused by their husbands or wives? Whatever. And you're happy? Because why? Why not have to see it? <laughs> Close your eyes. Go back into the dream. And that's why I say people live inside the dream. When these great speakers talk about becoming who you really are, you already are that. You're not going to become anything different. Oh, you're going to go out and give love to everybody. See how far that gets you. Give until it hurts. Well, you'll be hurting all the time. Because there's only takers on this planet. The few that give have so much to give. It's like, oh, I'll give a million dollars. But I got two billion in the bank. So it doesn't matter anyway. But, uh... Where's it getting you? What's it going to do for you? Absolutely nothing. So, let's go beyond that, okay? A relationship comes and goes for most people. You have how many in a lifetime? Some people get married a couple times like I did. Uh, the idea of heaven. Uh, the best place to go. See, they miss what Jesus was teaching about that. 
And I don't even go into great detail in my book because people aren't ready for it. But going to heaven means what? Sitting down and eating and partying all day long? Forever? Uh, is that much different than a Muslim thinking they're going to go to heaven and have sex seven days straight? I mean, is there much difference between the two? Delusional ideas of what heaven has to be or what it is. Based on what? The body? The human body? That's going to die? And deteriorate? And go back to the ground? How is that? And people say yes, 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 yes. To what? World peace. Well, you know, how is that ever going to happen? Not with 7.4 billion people. With all each have their own gods and beliefs. We could break it down to like maybe 4,000, 5,000 gods and beliefs and things. But your God says that, my God says this. And the, the old story, well, your God is my God are the same. No, they're not. Not until you follow the same God. A big difference. And before I forget, uh, anybody that listens to this show, TJ's uh, in desire and need, uh, for money, to, she's doing all kinds of work to get this as a corporation to set up schooling classes and all that. Anybody wants to become part of the show, it's not going to be expensive, uh, but it would help the show a lot. Uh, we do want to go into actual video instead of just uh, audio. Uh, so get involved if you can. TJ Morris, CT Radio. Uh, go send her an email. She's got a, a, a PayPal open. Uh, she needs money. I, I need money too, but I'm not going to say I, I want to deal with that right now. I'm just trying to deal with a message. Uh, and thanks to TJ, I'm putting it out. So let's work to try to make a better thing. Sure, Kerry Cassidy show, she has a big page letter, and the first thing you open up, please support the show. I mean, all these other shows, blog, uh, freedoms, uh, freedomslips.com, I did show on air for a year. They're always asking for money. I don't know how he pays $2,400 to do the show, which I, don't, I think is totally ludicrous uh, and delusional. And there has to be a lot more money coming in if he gets that money. Uh, so, again, money makes the world go round, but it doesn't make soul go round. So, when we, we start our path, which we're on right now, right this second... Is there anything in the next week, month, year that you want to do, attain, achieve, experience? Well, and, and I tell you, pushing too hard on the door when it opens in will never open. Always leave space for it to open. I'm a different story, and I could go into it, but I'm not. I work with God. I don't work with people. Well, somebody just asked me about karma. Are there different ways to pay it off? Every which way. To me, the easiest way to pay off for karma is get a car. If the car's running, you're okay. When the car breaks down, you're paying off karma. Have an accident, you're paying off karma. You get caught speeding, paying off karma. It, it relates to karma real simply. Karma. Alright? Uh, that's just my viewpoint of one way. But actions, right actions. Learning what a right action is. 
Alright, you're looking out your window, and you see this homeless person standing on the corner with his hand out. And you know he's been there for like three weeks now. What's the next step? What do you do? What would pay off karma in that situation? Going outside and giving a guy a hamburger? Giving him a $5 bill? Or, or sending prayers to him? What do you think would be the right way? Okay. You, you made it through the first day. You did something. Second day. Somebody's standing on the corner again. In front of the sign. Now what do you do? Go out and invite him in your house and give him a shower? And feed him? Ignore him? Give him another sandwich for the day? Then, how much of your karma are you going to let him be part of now? Are you going to try to make sure that every day that he's there you're going to give him a sandwich? Is that what your next goal is? I mean, there's all things that come with any speck of karma. Now, if he's out on a street corner, he's going to have to go to the bathroom, he's going to have to do all these things. Are you going to take that in on yourself as well? Because once a person stands on the corner for long enough, they make a move, or he has to move. So, where do you draw your limit of how far you're willing to go for what kind of a situation? That all has to deal with karma and right action. Create or remove karma. Now, if you're sitting there and saying, well, how much karma would I pay off if I gave him a house and let him move into a house? Which way a multimillionaire could look at it, right? Well, again, it's that thought process that makes it karma. It doesn't pay off karma. Meaning, what can I get by doing this? If you, if you saw somebody standing there and they fell down, oh man, that poor person just fell down. If you go running over there right away and try to pick his head up and see if he's okay, that's a different movement than saying, well, what should I do for this guy? Uh, thinking means it's going to the mind. I can't even think of the, 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 the Marines saying, only fools rush in. Uh, well, in a life of death situation, there's no time to think. It's only split-second action. Karma. And here's the way I look at karma for myself. Anything that happens around me is a part of my karma. Good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, I'm standing in a tree falls on the house. Uh, it's my karma. Karma is based on every action. Thoughts are bad. And they say, well, if you think it, it's, it's the same as doing it. I mean, that's in the Bible. But it's really hard to control the mind. It's a thousand times easier to control the action. I mean, says, go out and kill him. No, it's not the right thing to do. I mean, there's a separation between that. But action, the same as changing anything, requires action. Prayer does not. Scientists are trying to prove that it does. So I pray to my little flower every day and it's going to grow into a lion. Uh, whatever we believe, we think uh, it's only a delusional idea. So, we each have to look at the actions that we create among with the thoughts that come from it. And we went into that. How to determine if mind or soul is talking. And that's one of the easiest ways to determine that the right action is the right action you're supposed to take. And I would say, if you have to think it, 
it's going to be mined if you just do it itself. Well, and, and if you're just doing something because it feels good, it's mine. So, yeah, there's ways to do it and learn things. Right, the first and second voice in your mind, was your head, your brain, however you want to look at it, uh, it helps you determine. Because if you know one's coming from spirit, one's coming from mind, always listen to soul. Don't ever listen to mind. I'm not saying it's going to be the most perfect situation. Because you're dealing with karma and you're paying it off. But the end result is going to be critical determining which one which one of those ideas you took, the first one or the second one. Uh, meaning creating more karma, creating death, creating a lot of different things. So yeah, there's so much to a simple little thing. And you know, people don't want to hear simple things. I mean, they'd rather hear somebody go on and on and babble about this, that, or the other thing. I, I don't understand it. People are happy with stories. People like to read. Even if the story's fake. You know, I was thinking about that, what was it, last night and yesterday. Stories. When you read a story, fantasizing. You don't need somebody else's fantasy to create your own. What's going on in that person's mind when he created the, the scenario? I mean, if you watch all these movies and stuff that, were come, that came from a book and things like that... Uh, what was the person going to? The person that wrote Godzilla, the Terminator. I mean, Halloween. What is going on in their brain? Why would you want to hear or see or feel that? You're allowing that energy to touch yours. That's called karma. When a person, a young child, watches and plays a video game over and over, a killing machine, uh, killing all these people, it affects their karma, and they don't even know it. And the parents don't explain it to them. They don't say, well, you play that game, you're going to become a killer. Uh, in, a, in a different way, not that way, but say, look, you can't play those kind of games. They're not good for you. Explain the reason. And, and make it real to the person when you're trying to talk about something. So when people take their story and try to make it real when it's not a real story, it's pathetic. Now, we watch so many things, and they're all hurtful to us. Why is that? Well, people want to see something happening. They don't want to see a TV show where somebody's sitting down at dinner and they're all saying, hi, I love you, and eat turkey dinner and put on the TV and watch Superman, whatever. It's not a true reality. Because parents don't talk to the children much anymore. The children don't relate to their parents in any way anymore. I'm not saying there's always a... Uh, one that doesn't fit into the, the pattern or to the rule. But in general, the rule stays the same. You play computerized games that are murder and killing. It affects the way you relate to life. If you see it too much, it programs you to that it's okay. Now, and all because of like Alaskan bush people and surviving the Antarctic or oh, whatever, zero and things like that, or naked and afraid, it's creating these realities within your thinking. And they're not good realities. Because in all of them, there's one little thing that goes on in everything you see. It's called killing. Killing to survive. Well, you're shooting games. I don't want to get into games. They're all perverted. 
Grand Theft Auto is considered the best game. How many years? I don't even know what they're up to. Six or seven. You can be get good, bad, beat people up, or heal them, rest them. You can do whatever you want. It's crazy. And I watched only a couple of things because I was in a million family. The children always played their games. And they had every new game that came out. But Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto was always on. Uh, so, yeah, the games are pretty pretty dramatic and drastic. I mean, there should be an age limit. I mean, when they took away guns from everybody for a couple of years when we were little, it was a good thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, nobody shot, started shooting people because they lost the game. Well, you know, chess and, and Monopoly and, and all those kind of games, I couldn't win at all, so I didn't play them. I mean, I could play checkers because I could always win at checkers, which didn't take too much thinking. Uh, but when we get back to what are we programming the reality to? Nothing about God. Nothing about the truth. Every game they play, is there any truth involved with it? If you blow up a cat, I mean, you shoot a cat and blow up a house, it's going to blow up. I mean, but is there, is there like a reason, a good reason behind that? Well, you know, life's a game. People get mad about life. Take the world's greatest chess player. They go against the greatest minds. When they lose, their character gets hurt. Uh, if you're playing a game, you're playing something, you decide it has this energy that you need to be in tune with. Like chess is a brain game. But war... Uh, Stratego, Stratego, I don't know what it is, something like that, Stratego, uh, where you have battleship, I mean, even that game, we have little boats and you attack the other ones, and it's about attacking and killing. But, you know, when you're little, it depends how you program when you're little. I didn't like to die when I was little. And my brother and cousin used to play dinosaurs and men and attacking each other and all that. And they would always kill me off right away. <laughs> and I would always go screaming, running at it. I'm going outside. Uh, we each have our limits of what we perceive is, is okay. Games are totally useless. I never liked them. They're not beneficial. Playing the game of Monopoly or life. Oh, I just got married and had three kids. Really? I got a lot of money. Now, you're going to go out and spend it? Seriously. Games are programs to take us off of thinking. Everything is to take our attention off of who and what we are. Everything. Sports are the most useless things on the planet. High-paid sports. Boxing, wrestling, football, baseball. And how much money is made on it, spent on it. It's the biggest industry on the planet. In all countries. Why is that? Well... Somebody said they were in Russia and they played outside. I played outside. I couldn't stay inside. But on dinner, on night, on Sundays, I had to stay in my aunt's house and everybody ate there. And then they would play card games afterwards and stuff. I wouldn't play. I didn't think like it. My mind was different than everybody. I mean, I had uh, a couple different problems. I'm going to get into it. But I couldn't read, couldn't memorize things. So, yeah, it was hard for me. So, being in a situation where you're around people that are playing cards for two or three hours, it becomes boring as anything. What do you do when you're so bored? Nothing. 
And being a little kid, it was even worse because I couldn't play with my own friends. I mean, it's nice to eat and then run outside and do... I, I was playing with walkie-talkies and, and doing movies when I was little. Well, that's cool. You're in the United States now. But when I... I mean, when I was little, I, I always thought about being outside and freedom. And I started filming monster movies when I was, I don't know, eight or nine. I, I'm trying to think how old I was when I got my first video camera. It was film. But uh, I started doing candy camera, filming my own shows. And I made a, a whole thing of uh, Frankenstein, Dracula. I, I filmed a lot of movies when I was little. I filmed the Gumby movie for fighting Godzilla. Uh, I did. I was creative always, but it, it came from within me. Nobody was there ever helping me do anything. So that's what opens a person up. Chuck Norris was was my idol, uh, but Bruce Lee was my main idol in martial arts. And when I killed, well, he. We can go into that, but not now. He he killed himself. He pushed himself to over the limit. He couldn't do what he wanted to do. I mean, I, I met his wife the week after he died. I was in New York City at the martial art uh, seminar, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they had martial arts from all over the world. But Carradine, who was still in uh, whatever he was when he was... The, the brain walking through the jungles and woods and everything. Oh, can't even think of it. But he was there, and she was there, and she came on stage and, and was allowed to talk what ha- what happened to Bruce Lee before he died, what he was doing, and all that. Uh, people, mainstream, are stuck with the energy of people draining them, desiring them to be something. Bruce Lee was the best. And he died the best. He didn't kill himself. Somebody just said he killed himself. He didn't kill himself directly. And here's one of the things he did, which the doctor warned him greatly about. He had a steel plate uh, with different sized holes in there. Like, So he would punch the steel plate through the holes. Like where there was a small hole, he would stick his finger through it. Where there was a big hole, he'd put his hand through it. And then... All of a sudden, uh, if he hit the metal, he would get electrocuted. Not electric shock, real high shock. Then he started strapping himself in a chair and putting high voltage on the chair. Really, in his mind, he was building his energy level, creating. He was destroying his heart, his liver, and everything else along the way. So, I mean, it was his son that got killed doing a show, The Crow. And, and he, I mean, his the stories around that. She said it wasn't the mob, it wasn't Chinese mob, it wasn't Japanese mob, it wasn't this, that, or the other thing. He just wouldn't stop pushing himself, ever. He was probably, to this day, was the greatest magician, uh, martial artist. My other idol was Houdini, because I was into magic. And he did TV movies when he was making his career, way back when when he first became famous. He did all the uh, scenes where they couldn't get anybody else to do them. Like he was chained to a wall and he climbed upside down, got the pick and opened his lock, got out. But he filmed all that stuff. He did it all, for real. And then he spent the last 10 years of his life looking for a real psychic. And he couldn't find one, which is sad. 
I mean, suddenly after he died, suddenly there's all these great psychics now. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. That's, I mean, there are real psychics. TJ's a psychic. I mean, I, I, I know there's a few, few out there that I, that I trust and I believe and work, and work with and the things like that. Right now, I'm looking for somebody that thinks they're the greatest psychic on the planet. That's what I'm looking for right now. I got one question, and I have nobody that can answer it. So anybody out there, you know the top psychic. I was willing to pay $450 to sit with a woman for a half hour 25 years ago. And you know, I was talking to her on the phone, and the first thing she says, I can't answer your question. So, uh, real or not real, somebody else, like all the people who Dini met, oh, I'm going to bring your mother back. I'll introduce your mother to you. And everything went, went, went down. He just never found one that had any abilities that were real to him. So, I mean, I've been there. I was a magician for 25 years. I know all about magic. I know how it works and how it's delusional to people. I mean, Sai Baba, who became one of the greatest people to a lot of people, uh, has the biggest following for a single person. Uh, for, for, for people to follow him, and he was doing magic tricks. Well, I, I, did, I can go into billions of stories, but I'm not here to teach you billions of stories. And I don't know how much it would help you. I mean, it would, wow, oh, oh, it would help you understand me. Read my first book. I'll send it to you for free if you send me an email, if you want it. I'll send you my second book, if you want it, which is my, really my autobiography. But I'm here to bring a message. I'm not here to make money. I'm not here to lie to you. I'm not here to brainwash you. I'm only here to give you the truth that you need to find within yourself. Not by uh, doing meditation, chanting the sound, and relaxing and feeling bliss. Bliss is not the truth. Now, let me try to figure out how... Okay, you're in school eight hours a day. Six hours, seven hours, whatever it is. And you get a lunch break. What's the lunch break for? To give your body a little point to relax. All right? I call that, that's what the bliss state is. You reincarnated how many times? A hundred, two hundred, fifty, whatever. It's usually a high number. Someone needs a break. Sure, you can step into the bliss state and stay there for hundreds of years, thousands of years, five years. But do you want to stay there? Stay in that consciousness that people think are God. Create nothing, do nothing. Just vibrate within an incredible vibration. It's like, I explained this, I said this once a long time ago, which made me remember it. Now, go to a carnival, or go to an amusement park. Look for the most wildest, craziest ride. In, a, in Palisade Amusement Park, it was the Cyclone. Super gigantic roller coaster. Well, go on it. And you'll get excited. Your adrenaline, adrenaline will flow and all kinds of things happen. Do it again. Uh, hold the question about society and, and schooling and everything. I'll get back to that. But uh, in, on a cyclone, you go on it the second time. You still might get the same feeling. Go on it ten times. You will get bored. Once the body feels and, and puts this pattern of energy together, it's no longer exciting. It's no longer the same stimulus, uh, stimulation that you're going to get. I mean, if you're having sex a hundred times in a row, uh, 
how do you think it's going to feel the hundredth time? <laughs> You're not going to make it that far ever. But uh, again, it it waters down. So if you stay in a bliss state forever, you're going to sooner or later, hopefully, decide to become aware of who and what you really are, and move further. It's only past the astral plane. That's where Buddha was. That's where Jesus, uh, not Jesus, Moses' God was. So, yeah, that's where you want to go past. And then it gets a thousand times better. If you don't experience that, I can't make you believe that. And I can tell you about ice cream and candy and cotton, cotton candy and all that. It's not going to matter until you taste it. Or that looks stupid. Or that looks dopey. Or it doesn't look good. Uh, experiences is all that matters. So I can only talk from my direct experiences that I had. So, we're going to move forward from... Oh, you asked me a question now. Uh, let me just get that back. What was the question? You asked me... The education system. How can our society move forward? By creating a school system that's real. It has to talk about life, death the in-betweens. Money can't be the only thing that's going to teach you to work to get and attain the best paying job or whatever. An artist becomes creative. Somebody playing music becomes creative. Somebody working on formulas becomes a mathematician and becomes a scientist or something. Important to that realm of thinking. But as far as important to society, life and death, nothing. None of the topics in school, even in a Catholic school, college, uh, you're not going to learn anything important about spirit, about death, about life. I mean, you're still going to read stupid theories of scientists that are trying to say that uh, they found the God, God cell and all those kind of idiotic ideas. Same as we came out of a black hole. Uh, the Big Bang Theory, all theories that have nothing to do with soul in reality. In college, you're going to be reading about cloning and all those kind of things, dangerous to mankind. So then, then you would say, why would an alien want to clone us? Because we're trying to clone us. So, I mean, if we're that ignorant, I mean, then what makes them any better? Nothing. All right, uh, somebody asked me a question. So Angel and I talked about this a long time ago. And then I moved and he moved. He moved to Pennsylvania from Jersey. I moved to California and then to Hawaii. But uh, we talk and we're talking about doing a show together and everything. I'll be on it once in a while uh, as soon as he gets it up and running. But we're talking about, which I always wanted to do, create a school a classroom and to get this past the government is going to be the hardest thing so it's not going to be a credited thing it would have to be a summertime thing or a time when children are out of school because they sure wouldn't let you call it school if you weren't teaching what they wanted you to teach them and you couldn't mention God 
Sure, certain religions wouldn't let their children go to it. But it's, again, it's not about religion. God's not a religion. But people make it a religion. Jesus was not teaching a religion. But people make it that. So we have to open up more in our thinking. But what could we teach in this school that's supposed to be a spiritual class? Working together. Now, I don't like to do channeled or controlled meditation. I might do it a little bit because it, it helps a lot of people. All right? I don't like to do it because I don't like to be guided because I don't need to be. But for somebody new, and I guide them where they're going and help them get into it, all these other things, uh, that's one aspect. And it works. It helps people. And I took Kamun and I was working on staying in that for a couple of years. Uh, I watched people have a death experience within a day or two and then talking in tongue and everything else in between. So there's things we could teach that will help a person understand soul a hundred times more than they do at this moment. Understand death a hundred times more than they do at this moment. Understand the afterlife a hundred times more than they do in this moment. So yeah, there's a lot we can work on. And then what I talk about is the biggest thing that you need to learn on this planet is you know you got to deal with karma. But the other word you need to know is protection. You don't walk into a fire because you say, well, it's going to burn up karma. You have a fire suit on and you walk through it, it might be a different thing. Or if your level of vibration is higher than the fire, you can walk through it. I mean, I did fire walking as well and stuff. So, But uh, it's a lot to learn. You're not going to learn it in a day. It'd have to be weekly classes. Uh, I would love to do it. And I don't know people out there that's capable of doing the whole thing. One aspect of it, yes. I have a friend that deals with angels. I have a deal with a friend that does exorcisms. One could teach about angels. One could teach about exorcisms. But truly, I don't know too many people that can really help a person understand God at any level. So there's a lot in a classroom. And now, when a guided meditation means you all close your eyes, relax, breathe. Now, you're going to see a blue light. Suggestion helps because you can use suggestion on anybody which will make them see things. I don't like doing that. Like I said, I want people to try to come up with them themselves. But sometimes they can't. Or you create the starting point for them. Because once they see it, then they say, oh, I saw the blue light. And then you say, okay, work from that. And then they got something that they already perceived to work from. So yes, I'm not going to teach people how to become... Remembering their alien lifetime when they were abducted or this, that, or were on a, on a ship in another reality. It's not going to help them now. Uh, since you're here, you already attained all that. You're a live body, you're aware. Now it's attaining awareness of soul. Which schools do not teach. I mean, I, I pulled up a show yesterday. Religious, spiritual, school... A uh, six-week course online. I, it was only a, I forget how much money. I said, "Oh," and I, I, I read the things, and it's learn how to do cards, learn how to bring reality into your life. I mean, really. Uh, I work with crystals. Crystals help people and things. But again, I'd rather teach from the, the, the idea that we are everything we need. 
spiritually and physically. Do we need to carry a gun on our, in our pocket? I mean, a knife and things. I, I carry a knife on me because I never know where I'm going to be, what I'm doing, what I'm stuck trying to cut because I can't chew right because of my teeth. So I always have to have, I can't cut any, I can't rip any plastic thing open anymore. They're all super steel. Uh, so, but what we are when we walk and how people perceive us, how things perceive us, I mean, how do animals perceive you? So when we go into this meditation or exercise, you become the person that's in control of it, not me. In hypnosis, it's kind of the same thing. I don't like to be in control of somebody else. And I talked about that because you control everything around them the same as I control everything around myself. And in a hypnotized state, a person's a doorway for anything to talk through it. Why do people assume it has to be that person? But uh, I, I did the work. I did the experimenting and all that. So yeah, uh, most people want to believe what they want to believe. The whole idea of hypnosis, second, I've got my second, my second degree license, my third, you're not going to learn anything different. You're not going to learn about spirit in the psychic world. You're not going to learn how to deal with demons in the psychic world. Because you can't work with demons until you understand God. Period. I don't care what path, what way you work from, who you think you're working from with. You truly can't. You can convince other people that you do, even if you're not. Mind programming is incredible in a bad way. So we can be programmed to believe garbage on top of garbage or bad thoughts, negative thoughts, as reality. It doesn't make them real. I mean, I say things over and over because I know people don't like to listen. So, when I say, does truth have anything to do with it on this planet? No, it doesn't. Schooling. When in reality, do they need truth? Definitely. They're never going to step out of being a programmed bricklayer, bar petition, bartender, whatever. They're all programs of, of jobs that are not useful. Drinking is not useful, beneficial to the world. I know people don't like me for saying that, but mankind has nothing to be happy about. So yeah, they need something to put their attention on other than that, even if it's for a half hour, hours, a couple hours, to get away from it. So are you ready? Are you listening? My time's fleeting by. I'm going through this pretty slow spiritual laws read my first book alright I go into them because they are now the spiritual laws that affect the physical world and then the spiritual worlds that affect the higher realms nobody needs to know the ones that affect the higher realms because they don't understand the ones that affect the physical realm so the number one law or rule to remember and it's probably the most easiest thing to understand is called the law of non-interference. You don't have the right to interfere in anybody else's space, ever, unless you're invited into it. When you knock on the door, somebody answers, oh, come on in. That's in, bring him brought in. You don't just open the door and walk in somebody's house. 
that's interfering. So the law of interfering and non-interfering is real. Uh, might look at it a little different, especially when it comes to the spiritual realm. But psychically going remote viewing somebody's room or house is an invasion. It's instant karma. The government's been doing it for how many years? They have no clue, and they don't care. They're not dealing with God. So you remote view or, or by locate and things like that. Uh, you're doing things to other people that's not right. Now, healers, when you do healing work on a person, they go, well, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to go up to the higher level and talk to your higher self and then find out that it's okay to heal you. If the person in the physical doesn't say yes, you're still invading their space. See, people take the laws and twist them and put them into the way they want to use them. When somebody's possessed, and here's the, the, the main critical one, unless that person truly desires help, nobody has the right to take it away from them. The Pope, a priest, a rabbi, whatever, doesn't matter. Well, how does a child decide? Well, you know, there's certain rules that take place. And you take on karma, but you don't take away their karma. I mean, if you watch the original Exorcist, which is a true story, it wasn't Linda Blair, it wasn't a girl, it was a guy, boy, and two priests died during it. Imagine that. Just doing an exorcism, two priests died. And, and they don't even want to admit that it's real, at least at that time. Hold on, I had a question. I didn't get to see the whole thing. Hold on, let me just pull it back up. No, if they give you permission, that's all that matters. They don't have to do it from a higher level. Because the higher level always wants to move forward. The lower level never does. Lucifer plays at the lower level of soul all the time. Because it allows it to. Meaning the person. So, there's things you can do, like in a family where, where the child is possessed, if they don't want it. The mother says, well, they have to be taken out of it. Well, you guide the parent a little more to bring protection around the house, and, and so teaching them how to protect the house and things, where it'll move into a space where they might be a little more open, and then she says, yes, I want to get out of this, I don't want to be this, or I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but it won't help, and you can't. When people went to Jesus for an exorcism, they were open, and it was just that easy for it to go away. But you can't force people. It's like going to a priest in his time. He could have went into the church and made them all Christians under his own teaching, which they didn't become and wouldn't and didn't want to be. When Jesus stood before Lucifer... And it's not written much in the Bible. It's talked about by three different people. But what really happened and stuff's not known. Jesus didn't go into great detail to tell people what happened. He talked to his followers. But he did all his work with his, his uh, what's the word, not prophets, but uh, apostles. 
he taught them the secret teachings beyond and explained things to them. And Paul never saw Jesus. But Peter was with Jesus and could not understand any of it. So, how could a Christian pick up a Bible and say, well, I know what Jesus was teaching? His own, his own people closest to him couldn't understand what he was teaching. So, getting back to schooling and having a class, it's not going to be for everybody. But I tell you, and I remember I mentioned this last week about the Blue Star children. They're souls that are enlightened, ready to move on. And they need something here in this reality to guide them. Because their parents aren't going to guide them anywhere. And they won't take that incredible gift and move forward with it. I met many star, uh, indigo, uh, blue star children. And there's a big difference between the three words, indigo star children and blue star children. Uh, different realities, different realms, different awarenesses. Uh, I don't know where they went. I can only touch them. I touched their head, their finger, and that you could see the light shine in their eyes. They had to be awakened like a light switch. But most parents aren't there. They have no clue. They're not in tune with spirit, not in tune with God, not in tune with anything. And they could preach the Bible all they want, but that's not in tune with anything. It's in tune with a program. And I say over and over, until we're ready to erase the program, we can't move forward. As an individual soul, you have to do that. So, if you're willing and ready, you need to start right now. Now, getting back to when I, when I do these talks, I know there's not many people. I don't know how many people pick up the next day. When I get on with so gel, we're going to split time and uh, we'll have a lot more following. Uh, people like to hear a lot of different sides. They don't like just to hear the truth. <laughs> Nothing but the truth, the whole truth. No, they don't want that. They want the truth and stories and the fantasies as well. They need the mixture because the truth is too heavy for most people at any level. Uh, like what God looks like, what God thinks about. I mean, the reality of that, not an idea of, well, I think it might think, or it, it, it loves us all. It loves us all. I mean, how many people will say that to you? 2.4 billion people will say that to you. And then you go to the, a, a couple other religions and they'll say it too. The Protestants will probably say it as well. I mean, the Catholics will say that. Uh, all the different sects of Protestant and Catholic uh, will say that. But do they have a clue? Why you'll go outside and lightning will hit your crib and kill your child? Uh, well, he was watching over me. And then you'll hear a priest say, Well, it's... It was for a reason, and he's moving on. Yeah, that soul is. But the person that got hurt because of it, that created that child, is going to be in pain, suffering, and get more karma. So what we create, we deal with. And family is karma. So are you ready to separate yourself from that? And work from a higher level. Understand things at a higher level than what everybody wants you to think about. Prejudice, another word. I, I go into that a lot. Because we should be prejudiced. If you're not, you're going to become part of that consciousness that's ignorant. 
If nobody has morals, do you want to be part of that group of people? I'd rather die. Truthfully, I don't need to be in a world and reality that's perverted, twisted, and sick. And we're there. So that tells you where I am in my stance. I got a partner that I'm with and stuff. And that's my main tie to this planet. I saw the other worlds, the other realms. And they're nothing like this. And they're 10,000 times better as you get into the higher realms. When Jesus was talking about these different worlds and stuff, uh, he used the word rooms because they're simple-minded people for a word. Uh, something that they would understand. A realm at that time wasn't talked about, so they couldn't explain that. Uh, dimension, well, what are we? What dimension? They wouldn't know that either. So, it's like, oh, you go in a house and there's all these different rooms you can go in. Well, it's in the most vague way, it's, that's what it is. What's What makes the room different? What's in the room, really? A different colored bed, a different colored chair, a refrigerator. I mean, that kind of perception doesn't help you understand a dimension, a higher realm of God. Or what it, what it actually fulfills and brings into a reality. So, uh, unless you can perceive that, it's going to be hard to teach you anything. Or hard for you to learn anything. You have to be open. I'm closed. I don't need to be open to other people's stories anymore. You experience God, nothing else is higher than that in any realm. If you experience death, nothing's going to be greater than that experience, understanding it. Because when you step out of this body, knowing what that is that you are, when that happens, is incredible. I mean, do I have to do it every day anymore? No. Once you know it, you know what it is. Uh, I, I I talk about dementia and, and Parkinson's and things like that. How people that get all this awareness and learning, and they lose it, they don't remember it. Well, if I come down with dementia, I'll have to change my tune, but I won't even know it because I won't be aware. But it's karma. You think you work so hard, do you really? You're going to lose it all right now. It's going to be taken away. Think about that. How a person, they say it was you, and you learned all these things, and you thought you knew all this stuff, and tomorrow you get up and where am I? Who am I? What am I doing here? I work with people, a couple. One had Parkinson's, one had dementia. For over, what, a year and two months. It was hard. When they would talk and say things and do things completely unaware. So, in that I learned a lot. How to, how to separate separate uh, I'm trying to think which sentence when you, when someone's asking me about separate are you talking uh, in what sentence of separating what? Of spirit versus the mind or separating from being attached to the situation? Uh, there's multiple ways I could mean it. I don't know which sentence you're referring to. Uh, 
Let me see if you put anything else underneath it. Just you can call in if you want. Doesn't matter. Separating from your family. When Jesus told his disciples to leave their families, there was a reason for that. If they stay with their families and attach to their families, they're dealing with their family's karma. To move into the higher world, you have to eliminate karma. You can't take it with you. You can't leave it at the bank or at the post office or something. All right. That karma uh, is yours, but it becomes much more if you hold on to it. And you let it go, and then you start working it off. You won't work it off if you stay with your family, because you'll have those problems until the day you die or they die. But is it right to create it? See, now, there's a whole bunch of things that were in play that a person didn't know when he created the family and things like that. When you start a family, you're creating a karma bond between a person. Now, the path that I took says if you both agree on letting go, you just don't have to take on a karma of each other. Well, that's kind of true because you don't have to take karma from the other person if you're going to let her go and she's going to let you go. There's not that love connection that's tying you together. But if one person does and one person doesn't, the karma will be between the two of you no matter what. Because you created it and you worked with it. So here, there's a, there's a, well, it's like walking on a sword. Sharp razor edge sword. and You could slip or move and it would just cut you so bad. So karma is not a simple thing to work out or play with. Because our actions, our breath, our breathing, our thinking all affect it and are all affected by it. So breathing and going into la-la land and saying everything's okay and I'm the best I am uh, is, is great for your ego. Does it burn karma off? Well, go to these people that say they get rid of all your karma. And you're going to pay them to do it too. So think uh, about that. It's the same as buying your way into heaven. You cannot. You cannot. It's not about money. So we each take our, our place in life thinking we're doing the best we can. Very few people are doing the best they can. They're doing the, the least they can. If Oprah donates a million dollars, is she doing the best she can? Or any any super rich person that's like Bill Gates. Uh, what was he donated? A hundred million dollars to schooling system? Well, I think he's starting to touch on karma and thinking about it. Now, if you become aware of karma and you start paying off your debts the best you can in different ways, you really start working on your karma. But you have to be coming from the right place. Why would you want to work off your karma? You want to see God? You want to believe that there's a God there? I mean, it's all back to that again. If you don't believe in God and want to understand God, you're never going to understand everything that it created and allowed to happen below it. You're not going to understand anything. And aliens, UFOs, and all that stuff is not going to help us. It is not. 
traveling to Mars, traveling to Venus is not helping the human race. Period. Even if they took a million people and put them up there, is it helping you and me? Well, it's saving mankind. You know, when a species dies out, it's meant to die out because it's no longer useful. And he said, well, this animal's going to die out. That animal's let it. There's no place for a lion or a bear on our planet anymore. It's not like they can roam free and do what they want. They're constantly being attacked, shot, and, and everything else. So animals had their time, the same as cavemen had their time. Everything has their time. Time runs out in the physical reality for the body that it hosts, that soul stays within. So all these all these things happen to these animals. It's I'm not saying it's a good thing that we're slaughtering this. It's sick and perverted. But we don't leave any creature the opposite choice to do and survive the way it needs or wants to. Wherever they live, we're taking over their land. So how can they live there? They have no food. They got to come down to us to see if they can grub food. So yeah, it's it's a, a sad cycle that man creates, not the animals. Now, animals are always in a pattern of imbalance. And for every animal that doesn't eat an animal, another one does. And it, 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 when this population is too high, they eat them and they eat that. And how do we screw all that up? By taking one creature that lives over there and putting them over here. Taking what we have over here and put it over there. When they brought mongoose to this island, it was sad because they had a reason. Oh, the mongoose will eat the rats. We have a rat problem on, in Hawaii. And sadly to say, without any awareness, mongoose eat during the day, rats eat at nighttime. So mongoose never see the rats and never get to eat them. Just to show you the, the problem, now we've got a goki frog. I'm pretty sure it came from Puerto Rico. They produce billions, um, not billions, sorry, millions in a short, like, seven, eight years, each one of them. So it's a super-growing problem, and they're spraying peroxide and different things on the trees and different things that kill them and everything else. But it's still a real serious problem. When you bring a creature from somewhere else to some other environment, it either adapts or dies. When, once it adapts, means it's adapting to the lifestyles of some other creatures that are not adapting to it meaning it's eating all of them. And then, when you give it man's the choice to create and destroy, like we're doing with fracking and, and harp and all those things, uh, when we put holes in the ozone layer, which we do, it's not a natural occurrence. Nobody talks about that. I mean, Al Gore, when he first came out, started talking about it, he started explaining a few things, but they kind of pulled away from talking about the truth. But uh, a hole over Australia is so bad those children there have to wear shirts and everything to school so they don't get burnt up. But the koala bears, I call them koala bears, uh, are, are becoming diseased in their mind and everything else. Uh, and they're going out into the streets and getting run over and all kinds of things. They're just, they can't think. Uh, the ozone does a lot of damage. And that's why, I mean, by not having it, it, it the, the uh, solar system, how it works, creates all this other energy that really hurts us. And one of them is radiation, which comes from the sun. So when we put a hole in our ozone, which is so small, because you know, it used to be like a mile thick, and now it's like an inch, two inches thick. 
That's a big difference. To say we don't have global warming? Uh, you know, I, I'm just so sick thinking the people we need the most to be the most important are the most ignorant. And I say that. And I'm not lying. I, I'm coming from my heart. Am I prejudiced? I'm prejudiced against people that do bad things. And that's prejudiced. And if you're prejudiced against people that do good things, you'd still be prejudiced. Uh, people that do things over and over, I'm prejudiced against them. How many chances? Three strikes, you're out? Who, who, baseball created the idea that three strikes and you're out, right? What about two strikes and you're out? How about one? You rape somebody, you stay in jail, period. Why give him another chance to do it again? Well, he just might recover. From what? Being a pervert? Twisted? Sick? We, we create horrible scenarios because we don't stick by the foundation of what's really going on. We don't understand it enough to abide by what we create and allow to happen. The sickness in man is growing. It's not deteriorating. And now that they allow more things to come out, only perverts the thinking of man. I'm talking about sex dummies and all those kind of things. Uh, where people want to spend $50,000 for a girl dummy or a male dummy to have sex. Uh, yeah. And that's pretty scary. Now, one step before that is our cell phones. A new iPhone is going between 1500 and $2,000. What about a phone that's $100? Or what about the phones you used to get free all the time? Uh, the morals of society have deteriorated. We have none. Thinking of, of God is lost. And programmed ideas of religion are the only things left for people to hold on to. Which aren't really worth that much to hold on to. And I studied many. And... I'd say, well, I took a little bit out of this one and that one, but all the rest are useless. Well, sure, they might mention Jesus was a real person. But they don't. They say he was God. Jesus said, I'm not, I am a man. He never said, I'm God. Never wanted to be God. Never claimed to be God. Well, somebody put it in there, oh, I am, I am one with God. Uh, one with God is the way people think one with this consciousness I could say I'm one with God but what's that mean to anybody's translation of it you're the same as God which never happens delusional now I suggest and I say this anybody listen to this show please send it to everybody you know whether you whether you want to or not do it for me I don't care if I get a bigger following. I just want more people to hear the truth. And they don't have to get back to me. don't have to talk to me. But at least open up that doorway for truth to come in. The Bible doesn't open. Oh, I prayed to the Bible and I had healings. I had... If you know God, or I know Jesus and he protects me. Protects you from what? Dying? Or how about protecting you from living? So... We make everything the opposite of what it is. And I'll tell you, every idea you think you know about God is the opposite of the truth. Oh, no. 
I challenge people all the time whenever I do a show, go in, write in, put something there that God is, that you know to be real. Uncaring, it's not the word. God cares what it does. But it does everything for a reason. Because we can't perceive or understand the reason doesn't mean there was no reason behind it. Why it allows creatures and animals to be destroyed. And why it allows mankind to become sick and twisted and perverted. Why it allows a man to hurt women and abuse children. A loving being, if that's what it was, would do loving actions. And, and create loving actions. And block actions that aren't. If you're a loving mother or father... And you go out and you have a babysitter there. You come in and your babysitter is strangling your baby. Uh, you let him? Of course not. If you're a loving father and you understand the situation. But if you don't understand why that's happening, you don't understand why God would allow it. But being in hell, which nobody wants to realize, and everybody out there... Lucifer's coming back on. It won't be on prime time. It'll be on Netflix. They got a new season. They picked it up. My favorite show on TV. That's an offshoot idea of what Lucifer really is. But it's great because it opens your thinking to a programmed idea of what Lucifer really is. Lucifer doesn't make anybody do anything. People go to Lucifer. Lucifer doesn't come to them. You want to get past the Esther plane, you're going to have to go past Lucifer as well. The same as you're going to be going past Jehovah, Brahm and Calbrahm. They're, they're, all, they're all there. So take your pick, but you're going to have to go past them. And if you didn't, you're not in the next world. If you still got a silver cord attached to you, you're not going there anyway. Well, I never saw a silver cord. How many people even know that it's there? Or even how to tell if it's still there? You're stuck in the astral plane, it's still there. Guarantee it. That keeps you back to your body no matter what, as well. People that leave their body without a guide or a teacher or a master or an angel... Just after they put their hands up and let the rubber band pull them back, and they'll be back in their body. So, it's there for a reason. What I always say, God created the most perfect system at every level. And even when we think it could go further, God's already been there. So, when we talk about oneness, oneness with a sick, perverted, twisted energy. What's that going to do for mankind or, or the world or soul in the future? If all these souls that are on planet Earth go into this consciousness, what's going to happen? Anything? Anything good? What could they manufacture? What can they create? What can they dream of? A better world? And what would they dream to make a world better? But they're already in bliss. They're, they're just sucking on uh, the light and sound. And they don't need anything else. And you could stay there. 
it's like uh, being on intravenous and, and all the machines hooked up to you. As long as there's machines running, you're alive. You shut those machines off, you're dead. So, do you want to stay in that state? I have to be careful, because I live with a Buddhist, uh, and what I say. But here's how I always say it to make it real. Look at the world. Look at what people do. Look what's happening. Who do you see creating a different reality for this planet? And what is that reality? Uh, how to kill a cow easier, faster? I mean, when we talk about it, you have to take everything into consideration. You still go to the bathroom every day? You still got to drink once a week, twice a week, five times a week, seven days a week? Whatever. All these little things are critical to the reality. And as long as we believe, oh, I changed my vibration. I vibrate at a six-dimensional vibration now. Meaning what? You perceive what? God's watching you and, and knows what you're doing. So now whatever you do is, is right. It's sad. We're so far away from the truth. And people think we're so close to it. People think we're aware. We're so far from awareness. And that silly, dopey, idiotic word called spiritual. But I'm spiritual. <laughs> you know, ask people to tell you what spiritual means. Do it one day. Everybody that you know as a friend or whatever, just say, what spiritual mean to you? Oh, it means connected to oneness. Really? And what's that do for somebody? Yeah, you're in a car and you see this car coming speeding at you. You say, oh, I'm oneness. Uh, and the car's going to go through you? What, what does it do for you? So, yeah, try it for yourself. Do things. Make yourself see what the delusional reality that mankind has accepted. I should say the whole human race. Women are still more connected to the positive energy. Uh, are they different, really? In a, in a lot of aspects. Now, if you go into reincarnation, I was male and female. Female was incredible. But being female in this lifetime, you're a sexual target, which takes away the incredibility. But in the old days, you didn't have credibility of being a woman. So it's, a, it's an uphill battle all the time for women in every time in history that you could perceive except Atlantis. So, I'm running out of time, uh, as I always do. Uh, any last thoughts, any last questions, but we will be here, as I'll be here as often as I can. I will tell you when Sargell opens up his site and has a, an actual link, uh, how often he's going to bring me on and things like that. If you ever watched our shows when we worked together for nine months, it was like back and forth, and then we always had somebody come on in between us. So, uh, I'm, I'm talking about Sandra, sorry about that. Uh, and we would have, because she's like the positive person that people love to hear. So I'm just a real hardcore person about aliens and that, and I'm the hardcore person about soul and spirit. 
So between the three, a person gets a little of everything they want and desire, and probably a little more of each that they don't want. But that's what made it a good show. To have somebody who doesn't know the truth talking for, for a long period of time is pretty sad. Trying to deal with that is crazy. So, look forward to hearing, seeing you on my site next time. Anybody listening, please, my email address, hawksblood1aol.com, H-A-W-K-S, like the hawk that flies, plural, blood as in your body, B-L-O-O-D, and the number one, at AOL.com. Not that hard to remember. Always think of the bird flying around, two of them, hawks. And then uh, the blood after they scoffed up a mouse or whatever they were going to eat. AOL.com. So please send your email if you want my book, my first or second book. I will send it back to you as an email book. Uh, And you can get a little more understanding of who and what I am, what I went through and all that kind of stuff. Even though I wrote my biography, I probably could have wrote three more books on it. But I just thought it was plenty enough stuff to understand that life isn't what we perceive or want it to be, ever. I mean, some people look through life without going in and out of anything. I don't know if it means their karma means they're just so good when they came here, or they're just not making karma and they're aware and create the right steps to take on a daily basis. Or a little bit of both. So please, watch your steps. Watch where you walk. Create the right path. And then walk it. Make sure you walk in the right path. Make sure you're walking with the right people. Or alone. It doesn't matter. But your protection is very critical here on this planet. So work on those things. Work on the truth. Work on the light. Work on your protection. And that's why we need a class. So uh, I'm one minute till shut down. Uh, it's always been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. I give you as much as I can in the time that I have. I want to be able to do hands-on with a group of people soon uh, and see how far it goes and see how far they're willing to go in, in a real situation where or I don't, or turn your head or say, no, that's just too hard or, or, or the excuses. Because when you're in a room and you're with people that are all trying, it's for oh, this is just too hard and walk away. I mean, that's not, it's always a possibility. But even when I did magic, I never had a person walk out of my show. Ever. I did magic for 25 years. So, uh, I always had a place where people respected me for who and what I am. I know there's trolls out there. There's always going to be trolls that, that are just desperate, needing something. All right, with that, peace, uh, love, whatever you desire in your life, may you get closer to it. And until next time, Tommy Hawk's blood here saying goodbye for now. Um.